Okay, we're back. <laughs> Sorry, I have this little cute little on-air light that I like to turn on right when the show starts. It puts just the right amount of heat on the back of my head and lets me know, get this thing going, man. Uh, I don't know where the remote is, and apparently mm. there's no on-off button for this wow. thing, so uh, who knows what's, what's in store for us today. Today being Tuesday. Yes. Wait, where the, are you about uh, I was, I was going to ask what it is where, I think it's Tobey Maguire's, like, it's one of those new TVs. It doesn't have an on button. It's just the remote. I think it's Pleasantville. <laughs> oh, yeah, Pleasantville. Yeah. What a great movie. Uh, it's a good one. It's probably his best movie. And I'm sure people out there will say maybe a Spider-Man. Maybe a Biscuit. What was the one where he was an angry, ang angry army person? Oh, two brothers. Uh, brothers. Uh, brothers. With with uh, uh, Hawkeye. Was that a Renner movie? I'm not sure. That's the one where he Jerry like. Renner? He, oh, that's who Hawkeye is, right? He gets he gets like captured or presumed dead, and then he comes back and finds yeah, out that his and best friend married his wife, and he's all mad about it. Yeah, I don't think it's Jeremy Renner, but I definitely know that movie, mm. uh, and it's probably not his best. Uh, but it's a good movie. Uh, to me, his best movie. Is oh, it's Kobe Maguire and Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, Jakey G. I didn't yeah, want to Mysterio. say Jake Gyllenhaal because I was thinking about Jarhead starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh. Like, well, it can't be Jake Gyllenhaal then. Uh, regardless. Hmm. Irregardless of all that. Yes. All the Tobys and the Jacobs. Uh, today is Tuesday, which means my favorite show comes on. And that is Twitching Upstream. Uh, that is a show where me and my best friend, Dylan Terry, and he's over here. Uh, and what we do is we create content. Dude. Stuff. Bro. <laughs> we make stuff bro uh yeah my daughter walked through and she's like all right i'll see you later dude and i was like i should probably start using the word dude more often you you can't think about filling that word into stuff though it just has i to use come it out. i use it all the time yeah dude's fine yeah. uh dude's a good word it's just like when you think about using dude it sounds different uh yeah which i don't like you don't uh, like you can't it, unlike a lot of things you can't use it with intention no uh, and in the exact opposite of that, there's a word that can only be used in intention that once you use it twice does not exist anymore. The word is saga. Have you used that word more than once in a like you're like saga? Is it the saga or a saga? And you're like, wait a minute, saga? Saga the only the only time I can remember actually using the word saga is when I'm talking about how I'm sick of the Skywalker saga in Star Wars. Yeah. And how I it wish that Star Wars would move away from them. And is it a saga? <laughs> I say it. saga. Yeah, no, you should because that's how. Like that's... Soggy, but like uh, saga, like saga. Oh, like like a like a like a Cockney insult, like Naga. or Australian, like an Australian <laughs> acknowledgement, like saga. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Like whatever, huh. whatever, whatever Naga is uh, that they make the hide out of. That's a saga, a saga <laughs> hide. Um. Anyway, twitching upstream. 
awesome show. Uh, thank you, everyone who's in the chats and everyone who's going to be in the chats later. Uh, but this is a show where we just make up stuff. Uh, we try to create stories that hopefully will make us, as Dylan says, puffy, because we're trying to get puffy and we're trying to sell yeah. out hard. Uh, so we make up a whole bunch of stuff. We make up a bunch of movies, a bunch of podcasts, a bunch of video games, a couple board games, everything. Um, and you can see those on a different show that we have called Talking Upstream. Uh, actually, that show should be coming back pretty soon. Will you put yeah. that on the agenda for us to talk about after the show? Sure. Uh, <laughs> I, should res- I should respond to some of these people. Oh, like, you're just not a computer in front of you. Uh, anyway, uh, so we're Talking Upstream. Yeah, I know. I love it. <laughs> and thank you for muting it yourself because I love it. Yes. Um, talking upstream, we interview people, we pitch an idea to them, and then together we create something brand new. Uh, we have 42 episodes of that, which means we've created 42 very weird concepts. But what we decided was we wanted to take those things and kind of hone them in a little bit, uh, take them away from the back burner, put them up on the front burner. Is there food that goes on the back burner for a long time? Uh, I would imagine if you're making stew or something that requires a long time with a little attention, you put it on the back burner so that way you don't like have to reach around it all the time. To me, a back burner is just the smaller burners. That's where the sauces go while you're doing oh. the main stuff. So I guess a back burner is more like not my main attention. Okay, actually, that makes my sense. Current, well, my current oven, is it has one small and one large in front, and then the opposite is true in the back. Like they oh, I have two yeah. larges in the front, two smalls huh. in the back. Uh, isn't a, isn't non-standard cookware just fascinating? What it a great all... topic for a podcast about creativity. <laughs> Let me tell you about my grandmother's cookware, though. Uh, no, so <laughs> what we decided to do, like I said earlier, is we decided to take that idea of content creation and keep it going. Take one idea and then work on all the way through from a very stupid text message that I probably should not have sent uh, all the way down to something uh, that I probably should not have voiced because I'm not that good of an actor. Um, but... We wanted to show people how we do it, and we wanted to help. Uh, we wanted to get some help from you. So, at any time, if you have any suggestions of where the story should go, any ideas that we should have in our brains that you have in your brains, uh, or a question for Dylan as to why we're not allowed to text him anymore, uh, feel free to throw it in the comments in the chat. We would love that. Uh, we like talking to people, which is why we t- we throw this on Twitch too. Uh, oh man, still really okay. Fair. All right, don't talk to me. Uh, okay, so before we get into the content creation, if you were watching the last couple episodes, uh, we started a new concept called Deadbeat. Uh, and it's a really cool kind of 80s action schlocky thriller uh, that you would probably find on TNT after another movie with a guy with a very huge jaw that I can never remember his name yeah. of. And Robert Zadar. Zadar, yeah. Yeah. Rob, Robert Zadar, yeah. Anyway. Robert Zadar. Uh, yep. Yeah. So I, I initially had him cast as the deadbeat cop. Cool. Because I, yeah, I just all right. see it as a Zadar flick. Um, yeah. But before we get into that, obviously, I have some weird nerd uh, stuff that I want to throw at Dylan and just have him not respond to me so I can feel less good about <laughs> myself as a communicator. Um, but so last week, I went on this little tirade about how the number 42 is, is both uh, important and relevant and also unimportant and un. Mm-hmm. Relevant. Irrelevant. Irrelevant. There you go. X relevant. <laughs> uh, and to prove the point, I asked Dylan to give me just a random number, and then I would try to find as many facts that make it seem like that number is somewhat important. Uh, now, he gave me the number 51, and even though I did a lot of research, I realized, I'm like, let me just double check that this is what this is. Uh, and yes, it was number 51. Um, so here's the weird stuff that I found out about the number 51. Okay. Uh <laughs> 
<laughs> now, uh, the number 51 uh, obviously has some – the easy one is the sports references. You're like, well, are there any famous people with the number 51? Uh, yeah, so um, baseball Hall of Famer, uh, his name is Randy Johnson. He's a baseball player. Uh, he has five Cy Young Awards, ten All-Star uh, selections. He is a uh, World Series champion, a World Series MVP, uh, also is a multi-no-hitter. Uh, he will only wear the number 51. He says it's lucky. Also, somebody named Dick Butkus, who, uh, after, <laughs> giggling, after giggling a whole lot, finds out that he's a Pro Bowl Hall of Famer, an eight-time Pro Bowl selection, a six-time All-Pro selection, uh, something, something, whatever. I'm not a sports dude. Don't care about that. Nope. Here's where it gets into some pretty interesting thing. 51 is a pentagonal number as well as a centered pentagonal number. It's also an uh, an 18 gonal number, and that's one eight hyphen g-o-n-a-l 18 gonal don't know what that is okay it it's also the sixth moskin number telling the number of ways to draw non-intersectional chords between any six points on a circle's boundary uh it's also a parent number coming after 22 29 39 in a sequence uh, and the sum of the first two it's also a stormer number, and that O has a, one of these guys going through it, so I guess that means that it's Russian or German. Uh, but that means that since uh, it's the greatest prime factor of 512 divided by 1 equals 2602, clearly that's 1301, which is substantially more than twice 51. I don't know why that's in there, but it was. it seemed like that yeah. was something. Uh, there are 51 different cyclical uh, Gilbreth uh, <laughs> Permu oh permutations on the 10 oh. elements. I was like, I thought, you, I thought you froze at first. No, I literally I, I read that as the E and the R were backwards. So I'm like, premute, premute, uh, <laughs> yeah, which sounded weird, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, and therefore, uh, there are 51 different real periodic points uh, of order 10. Uh, now the numerology, the numerology number 51 is a number of the family and also both responsibility and expression of personal freedom. So it's pretty interesting that you picked this one because, yeah. uh, the, the basic core of essence is actually the number 51. Uh, the deep down basic essence uh, of the numerology, I have a hard time saying that word. That's all right. Numerology number 51 is the maintenance of a harmonic and harmonious and happy family relationship. Uh, other meanings, uh, 51 are also uh, probably something with the number 51 and the vibration that your soul can hit. Um sure. Now, you also need to know uh, what makes up 51. So, obviously, the number five is a symbol of freedom, and it represents change, evolution, mobility. Um, there are five fingers on the hand, five days of a work week. And the number one, obviously, represents uniqueness, a unique starting point and a beginning. The number 51 is composed of the digits five and one, and the foundation, which means those two numbers put together, is six. And uh, and and the new and this, numerology. This follows, okay. No, here we go. No, this is actually yeah. a thing. Uh, the foundation number, right? That's a numerological thing. Okay. Numerological. Uh, now, the <laughs> numerological numerology energy represented by the number 51 is a composite. It includes energy represented by the foundation number and also the energy represented by the individual digits. So it's actually one of the most interesting numbers when it comes to numerology, right? Yeah. Uh, now, you can get into very uh, depth about how that number is so important because obviously five plus one is six. Uh, so to make 51, you need a large dose of six energy, uh, such as family and support. You also need just a little bit of five energy, which is expression. Like I said earlier, earlier, personal sense and freedom, uh, and just a little smidge of one energy, which is independence, individualism, and finding new ways of doing things. Also pretty interesting that you pick this number because for some reason, 51 
makes people feel like it is the the dawning of a new year. So you chose this number on the last episode that we would have before second the, to last the, week of the year. Last right? week. Uh, Last week of the year. Um, now, also, the energy represented by mm. the number 51 nurtures uh, family, both spiritual and physical. Uh, so the number 51 has so much like responsibility uh, in keeping the health of, of a proper communicative relationship. Uh, now, if you were to look at it as... Um, a kindred spirit, if you will. 51 is known as a neighborly person who's generally being sensitive to recognize people uh, who needs nurturing. It's pretty much the old man in the Home Alone movies where you're kind of scared of it at first, but it turns out they just want to hang out with their kid. Oh, that guy's um, definitely Jesus. See? Also the number 51. Uh, now, uh, the number of essays that Alexander Hamilton wrote as a part of the Federalist Papers, unfortunately was 51 yeah. uh in 2006 from cars 51 was doc hudson's number uh the atomic number of antimony which is one of the weirdest things that i had to uh look Ooh. up and i still don't understand what that is now it's not what you have to pay your ex-wife after you get a divorce that was the joke i was gonna make and i thought you would think it was lowbrow <laughs> <laughs> there is uh, no there's no height that my brow won't descend to for a that's laugh. fair uh, also, Area 51, uh, it's a parcel of U.S. military-controlled land in southwest Nevada, apparently containing a secret aircraft testing facility. Now, Dylan, you're a big fan of Breaking Bad. 51 is the fourth episode of the fifth season of Breaking Bad, directed by Ryan Johnson, who I fight for constantly. Oh. This episode, if you don't know, uh, uh, won the Director's Guild of America Awards for Outstanding Directing in a Drama Series. Anna Gunn also won a Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Supporters, Supporting Actress and a drama series for her performance in this episode in the 65th primetime emmys which title is that episode or are you getting to it no the title is called 51 oh okay which it, it written out because it's the one where it's on his 51st birthday oh yeah yeah uh hmm. now may 1st which is 5-1 in the year 1951 the grand opera house of geneva in switzerland was almost destroyed in a fire that some people say was an arsonist uh 51 uh, year old man arson almost burnt down the uh the, this thing in geneva anyway uh so it turns out any number nice can building be... okay. <laughs> it looked good um not uh, whatever i was gonna make a notre dame joke but that's probably not good um because like, the, like the hunchback or the sports team the burning of oh oh right yeah okay so anyway what i was gonna say is uh, uh thank you for this exercise it gave me a lot of weird research to do uh and it turns out that any single number can be important uh if you uh wear it and you're a sports player or you did something in a year or uh it's on a periodic table so whatever you know uh, i think I want to pitch this to you live on the air. We have not talked about this beforehand. We could do a show where it's just we randomly choose a number and we just do like a, a 20 minute like, did you like 51? It's this episode. It's important. This reason. And then next I, week, I, I told no. you that I was working on a 42 episode series called The Answer is 42. Yeah. Uh, but that actually makes it better. We could just call it numbers. It gives uh, us literally was... infinite episodes. I think there's infinite numbers. Um Right, we haven't, we haven't found the last one yet, as far as I know. Yeah, we think it is. <laughs> it's probably like a like a Q kind of number, mm, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever. I would imagine uh, they've turned all twenty six letters in the alphabet into num into numbers yet, right? Uh, no. You would think they would get to that. I don't think so. 
Um, e I N X, like those are all kind of defined, right? Or undefined, I guess. Because X is undefined. like X is clearly like whatever or the answer yeah. or the spot or ten uh, or ten or Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah, a number. He, well, he's Weapon X. Yeah, uh, it's also Roman numeral <laughs> for a number, uh, which I think numeral means. Anyway, uh, so that was my weird nerd deep dive into something absolutely stupid, uh, such as the number fifty-one and why it is both important and not important whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna get on to the rest of the episode uh, after Dylan tells everybody how he's feeling. We'll tune in next week for the first episode of Numbers from some nobodies. Uh, Numbers <laughs> is copywritten, and it stars that guy who was in American Pie. Uh, it is a CBS show where somebody who probably has magical uh, autism solves crimes by looking at things and saying, that's not the right angle. He's a detective, and... Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's inclusive. Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> Are you just saying, you mean Eugene Levy or Jason Biggs? Neither. Oh, the guy from American Pie? Actually, he's not in American Pie. I definitely know he's in Harold and Kumar. Tony uh, Shalhoub. Is not in Harold and Kumar. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> You're thinking of Men in Black. Mm, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. You usually yeah. are. Uh, he was like, oh, push yeah. that button. And POS and huh. <laughs> or whatever. Uh, all uh -huh, right. Uh -huh. So, let's uh -huh. <laughs> you gotta get You got to get jiggy on Big Willie it. style. Uh, thank you. Anyway, we'll head, we'll head to Miami for the rest of this episode. Uh, so viewers, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought the 51 thing was going to be interesting. I thought it was interesting. I support it. We're going to make an entire show out of that. And that's I, the one that's going to get us all of our followers. I honestly, I took out a whole paragraph in the middle of why 51 oh. is so important. All right. Um, I'll text it to you. The, all of that stuff about that just makes me more convinced that I am indeed a wizard, but we'll get to that later. You are a wizard, sir, and I appreciate yeah, that about you. Sure. All right, so let, let's get everybody caught up on what the story is, where we left off, and what we're going to try to accomplish with the rest of this episode after you tell people how you're doing and how much water you had today. I'm fine, and I've had at least 75% of a gallon. Three 32-ounce three bottles full so far. Yeah, I really that's, like, I hon that's since, I honestly that's since 5 a.m. So I, I honestly thought you were gonna give me it in liters or something, and I'm like, oh god, I don't know why I asked this at all. Uh, uh about twenty eight hundred milliliters. Twenty mil, twenty eight hundred mil, twenty mil, baby. Twenty mil, baby. <laughs> oh man. Uh what dead a... beat, my friend. Dead beat. Yeah, it's it's the holiday gray week, it's the fugue week. Nothing matters right now. Anyway, so what we're doing this week? Deadbeat. I think it's pronounced <laughs> Feige, by the way, but whatever. Fugway? It's the Fugway week. Anyway, um, so Deadbeat. On the episode of Talking Upstream, where we had our guest Scott Curtis of Behind the Bits podcast on, we decided to develop the idea called Deadbeat. Now, unusual for the show, Deadbeat was not an idea that was generated from a text message. It was a buddy who had only an idea and a log line or uh the not the log line the it could be log line yeah like sure a, it's the, the thing on the, the thing on the poster um mm. tag and line. it was tagline and it was deadbeat about a beat cop who gets possessed by a demon and uses those powers to fight crime and the line was possession is nine tenths of the law and that Ooh. idea was so great so good that we i asked for permission and he said we could have it so we took it and we're doing this yeah. uh deadbeat so far we had a rough outline from the episode of Scott Curtis where 
it's set roughly in the 80s it at least uses that aesthetic because of course that's big in right now and whatever uh it's about a guy who has a girlfriend who's a radio host in chicago he's a cop uh not a detective he's not plain clothes and one night at a bust he gets a stone tablet from a bunch of cultists in the meantime uh, his girlfriend is interviewing the band that is writing an album to go with the exhibition that this tablet is going for. The song activates the tablet. He gets possessed by a demon. He goes against a cult in Chicago run by a mega pastor and things kind of go from there. Uh, the best idea that we had was using the, we do the classic heavy metal satanic panic thing and playing the song backwards to make you possessed. Yeah. And we and had the nightshade table plays backwards songs, obviously. Yes. Okay. Well, at, no, at the very end, they play the song backwards to reverse the possession. Oh, spoilers. Sick. Yeah. And then we had an image of the girlfriend's friend trying to get the main character exercised. It's not a Judeo Christian demon, so it doesn't work. And in the mayhem, she gets crushed by a falling crucifix. Perfect. Um, brilliant that's really pretty much all we needed but yeah. uh so we're working out the just kind of like beat by beat stuff going on um pretty basic rundown of what we're doing right now we've got the main character on a beat at the docks they split up to investigate some shady stuff his partner which we don't which uh, he doesn't know is part of the cult they are listening to the interview show where the radio is playing the songs they chase some cultists around they get the tablet the partner gets hurt so he's not there to prevent the main character from interacting with the tablet they radio to get an EMT out there. In the meantime, the main character gets possessed by the demon in the tablet. When the EMT shows up to take the partner, says he's okay, but they need to go to the hospital. EMT is secretly an angel of some sort, which Love that. we need to square that away with my statement about this not being a Judeo-Christian mythology, but I think we can probably just, whatever, who cares? Uh, if we have him go to some sort of like, you know, cynical church, then it's like, yeah, you may have the iconography, but you don't have the actual faith in it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not, maybe he's one of those uh, Jews for Jesus that is also an angel. <laughs> he's, just, he's a Jewish angel, and we had that moment where it's like, be not afraid, and he turns into a biblically accurate angel with like the yeah. wheel of eyeballs. And then they're all freaking out, and he goes, okay, all right, you guys aren't ready for that. My bad. Like, okay, look, you guys got to pay attention to the story that's over there. No, don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't look at me, because you're going to be afraid. Yeah. Um, So uh, he calls into... he feels kind of weird but he doesn't know he's possessed he calls in talks to his girlfriend on the radio they have some like you know he's obviously trying to flirt with her and she's trying to be professional so it's kind of cute uh he finishes his beat has an in has an interaction with a criminal of some sort in which he gets into a fight maybe he sees a mugging and stops a mugging or he just gets attacked we don't know yet we hadn't yeah. really figured out the specifics but in for some reason he has to fight a guy off realizes that he has been stabbed but it hasn't caused any injury to him his shirt's ripped yeah. he's like oh knife got real close and then he lets him he either lets him go or he like you know books him or something yeah goes cool. back to the yeah goes back to the precinct where the partner's waiting for him after getting discharged from the hospital partner sees the tablet says he's gonna log it main character should go home main character goes home because his girlfriend's almost done with a radio job the partner who is remember is secretly part of a cult Sneaks the tablet out of the evidence room. Maybe replaces it with like a bag of rocks or something. Goes to the cult HQ. Yeah, you know, whatever. It's a, I, it'd be, be funny if it was like stone. it'd be funny if it was like something very expensive. And they're like, <laughs> like a chunk uh, of asphalt. 
Yeah, I was thinking of the statue that Indy steals from. Oh, like, <laughs> you're gonna change out the bag of sand. It's yeah, like if he like does a super like expensive, heavy, you know, gold, whatever. I keep going. Sorry. No, no, I like that idea. But, I mean, there's plenty of room for comedy in this. We're this is not taking itself seriously. Yeah. Um, the partner sneaks the tablet out. Uh, goes to the Cole HQ, which is just a mega church because mega churches are awful and official stance, at least on my end of the show, they're one of the worst organizations you can be a ru- person who runs. Um, yeah, anyway, I'll, ba- I'll, I'll back you on that one. <laughs> yeah, cool. Uh, some nobodies is 100% anti mega church, so put that in your pipe and uh, tell your kids a story or something. Um, is that how it goes? I don't think, well, I mean, I think you skipped a couple parts, but yeah. Yeah, I'm all right. Uh, but the cult leader, who's a guy named Brother Jeremiah, uh, they do a ritual to try and get the demon out into Jeremiah because he's a villain in a corny action movie and doesn't need any more motivation than I want power. Give me power now. Yep. Uh, there's no demon in the tablet, so it doesn't work. They don't know that there's no demon in the tablet, so they think it's just not working. They go to do some research, and uh, the partner is like hmm tricky and that's as far as we outlined yeah cool all right so what do you think uh how much should we get done with this episode like what we got about half an hour what do you want to try to accomplish with this i mean we need we need to get um craig's first on-screen interaction with his girlfriend we need to introduce the girlfriend's friend who's religious or at least mention her in some Mm -hmm. way maybe she's trying to get shania the girlfriend to go to church with her um, we don't have to show her on screen, but we can have Shania mention like, I'm going to church with, uh, what's a, what's a religious one? Uh, what's a religious person's name? Probably Karen, but you don't Karen? want to use, you don't want to use that. Let's Caroline. go like, um, Caroline. That's yeah, that's pretty good. Caroline. Um, yeah, we need to introduce that. We need to have Craig realize that he is possessed. And have that venom reveals himself moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's and, what we're going and, for. <laughs> and once again, if you're watching this anywhere, uh, feel free to leave comments. We like uh, interacting with people. And if you think one of our ideas is stupid, and most likely it will be, whatever. Uh, yeah. yeah. Let us know. Tell us if you By think a name, a name should be cooler or anything. Just let us give us the business. Um, but okay. So we have uh, uh, Caroline here. Yeah, okay. And okay. we're trying to, we're, what are we trying to get to? I'm sorry. So we need we need main character to realize he's possessed, and yep. we need to get into the demonic crime fighting to show why initially Craig might think this is cool. Yeah. Okay. So my first thought is you have um a, like a staged robbery. Uh, maybe the I guess it might be a little bit too forward in the story, but I was thinking that if the cult finds out that this cop has quote 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 has the tablet. Maybe this cult sends like their assassins after this guy. Um, yes, that's we what had I was... an idea. Yeah, we had an yeah. idea in the first, in the very first outline, for a scene where the partner like gives the cult Craig's address. Yeah, and they are sneaking in to like kidnap him. Yeah, and it goes badly, and that's where Craig realizes like, oh, this can really make me powerful or but it also has a drawback of making me violent i think that's cool i think that that scene should play out uh like you said uh i I think we should add a little bit of a twist to it though i think that we have the scene where the partner gives 
the address up. Uh, and then we have the scene where you have some people uh, going around the back of the house. You have uh, the people kind of climbing up on the roof and looking in, right? And then they kind of start doing this thing where it's like, go. And you know that it's time they're going to just attack, right? Mm -hmm. uh, at the same time is the go uh, main character <laughs> comes up. They just came back from like the convenience store. They just wanted some like late night cereal. So they're not actually in the house whatsoever. Uh, the person who is outside, the bad person's outside who is like on watch uh, is like, oh, 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 you're, you're out here. And he, maybe he goes to stab uh, main character. And we that's when that's when that doesn't work. I really like the idea of a reverse home invasion where they yeah, are already yeah. in the house. And then Craig comes at home and realizes like Shania get in the car. And yeah. then the first guy like comes out the door and he demons up and then run goes through the house. That's, that's a good idea. I really like yeah, that. I think, I think that's cool. And either he never makes it in the house or he has to go in the house and hunt down the killers that are in there. I'm not sure which one plays out better. I kind of like it. Uh, he never actually makes it into the house. It's just uh, like the way the wave works of, of bad guys. They're always like coming out to meet him before he even gets home. Uh, that way you I, get the I, whole. F oh, God. I think we could get a really good set piece where he's walk going through his house and using demon powers and household objects to kind of like disable these people. Well, I guess I guess my thought, uh, my initial thought was uh, the first guy who's on lookout, he stabs main character, and that's when main mm -hmm. character realizes, like, wait, is my body? It's it's that shocking thing of like, I really should be cut. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. When he gets to the house, maybe there's like two or three guys right there, and uh, that's when the the weird explosion happens. Uh, that kind of demonic power explosion pops off because maybe he's like either getting jumped by these guys or he's just ravaging through people. Like a guy comes out of the house to attack yeah. him and like he punches straight through his face and it's like, I, whoa, oh my God. <laughs> I think this is in the second act and this is where he realizes this is turning me into a monster. Yeah. I think, I think before this, he has gone on his crime fighting empowerment spree okay. and he's like, this is cool. I'm going to go stop petty crimes and be a, be a vigilante because I've tried to work in the system and I'm frustrated. Yeah. And then he's riding high and he gets like, yeah, there's obviously you know, he's, a couple he's attacked at his house. And we have that, we have the moment where maybe he like breaks a picture frame on someone's head and he looks and inside is like a torn picture of him and Shania. And he's like, what is this doing to me? Yeah. Or something like that. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that, that's cool. Might be or a little, Knows, but well i don't know i mean an 80s schlocky action cop thriller so obviously it's, yeah. it needs to be on the nose uh i guess the scene that i was thinking was um I, I the idea of like him using his powers for good first uh and then his powers are kind of getting to the point where they're almost too much for the job he's doing right uh yeah and that's and that's his earlier day that's when he's like oh, cool i got powers Something's yeah. going on with me. Then when he gets home, uh, he, he catches the home invasion off guard. Um, we The audience sees that he gets stabbed. Nothing happens. Um, I like the idea of either him feeling that he's doing the right thing. And maybe when they look back at it later, like after the fight, they look maybe at like the cameras or whatever. And he's like, oh, man, I really I thought something happened. For some reason, he starts looking back at the, at the footage and yeah. the footage is like him kind of flying across the room. Mm -hmm. And he, he looks distorted on the on the camera. And that's maybe the reveal He's like that's and he maybe to him. He's like, 
no, I fought that guy. And then I pushed him out the front door. Uh, but when he looked back at the footage, it's like him throwing the man into a closed door. The whole door flies off, you know, like that kind of thing. I like that reveal where he goes mm-hmm. back. He's he, we see the fight <clears throat> through his eyes and it looks like a normal fight. And then he goes back and looks at like his dash cam or something. And it reveals that he was moving super fast or something. I think oh, yeah. that should be the initial reveal. I think that when the home invasion starts, he should be well aware of what's going on and like kind of coming into it a little bit. I I was thinking that because the emotions are higher in this stake, because they're coming to him, that Mm -hmm. he doesn't, that he's not realizing the amount of power he's putting off. And I guess that's what I was trying to show is like, it's so much power before it was power that he was exerting. And it was like on the high end of power. Now, now I, I guess I, I don't know. I mean, it could not make sense. I have no idea. But I kind of like the idea of him like realizing like even like, oh, I punched that one guy and I don't really know what happened to him. But when they look back at the cam- oh, camera or through a mirror, you know, like maybe yeah. the woman's looking in the house and she sees through a mirror and he just straight punches the guy's head off. Um, Something. You know, he, needs, yeah. he, needs to, he needs to brutally hurt someone if not. I don't think he should kill them. I think. Okay. I think. Or, I mean, he could. Because he has demonic powers, he could just kind of make them go away. Right. Like It depends on what type of powers we want to give him. Well, he doesn't know. All right. So say this is like greatest American hero, right? All of a sudden you have the powers of a demon. You don't know how to do it. You don't know how to make things work. You don't know if you need hand gestures or Mm -hmm. uh, seances (laughs) things. So, uh, you know, he doesn't know exactly what he's doing. Um but yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm cool with all that. I do like him using way too much power. And I guess my thought was like, he's like, no, they, they, uh, we got into a fight and I think they left. And she's like, I didn't see anyone come out of the house. And he's like, well, what happened to them then? Cause they're not here yeah. and the house looks fine. Uh, and I guess my thought was similar to like a WandaVision kind of thing where like it happens, but he fixed it, you know, without knowing that he fixed it. So when they watch it back, it's like there's holes being knocked in the wall. The roof is like when he goes to punch somebody, even though he's like 10 feet away, he like punches with the walls in on the guy. And okay, like and so it's like just such a, a huge expression of power that he doesn't even know that he's using. Um, and then maybe all those people just kind of disappear. Uh, everything's back to normal. And he's like, I don't know what's <laughs> happening here. Yeah, uh, because we, we don't. At the end of it, he's not a good guy, right? Does he end up as a good guy? Yeah. Um, he oh, winds so he... up, he gets extra, he gets, um, Michael winds up helping him kind of like overcome the demonic influence. And yeah. Shania is the one who realizes like, this happened when you were listening to Nightshade Table on my show. Yeah. Like, if we, if we try this backwards, it might help. And so, yeah, no, he, he comes back to humanity with the help of his friends. Yeah. So I guess I don't know how far we should let him go. Um, but I, I do like that as a reveal. I like that concept of like them thinking that it was a certain way, not really being able to back that up, but having no evidence that it was a different way. Yeah. And then seeing the evidence of like, then how did it get to this? Uh, so I guess the point is that he, he exerts a whole lot of energy, a whole lot of force. Um, and then eventually he needs to learn how to use it before yeah. he's exercised. Right. Cause he's gotta be a good yeah. guy. So, all right, cool. I so think, either either yeah. way, we do we do like this house invasion 
reverse invasion yeah. aspect. Uh, we do like that there's going to be an explosion of power in there. We're not exactly sure what that's going to look like just yet. Um, but I, I do like that idea of, of yeah. maybe him him catching those guys off guard, using too much power, um, and maybe scaring Shania. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She gets freaked um, out, and then she, rep- she recommends, like, you know, Hope or – no, oh, wow, Hope. I was looking through – Um, I have the old outline up, and we had named the old friend Hope. I like Caroline better. I think Hope is yeah. a little uh, on the nose. Yeah, Car- Caroline is better. Though, the issue with Caroline is that we have Craig and we have Caroline, and we changed the partner's name because they were both C names. Um, Do we want to go about- with Hope? I, I don't like Hope as okay. a, as a as a name for this. Pro- I like Caroline. Caroline Craig's fine. That's fine. Okay, that's fine by me. Yeah, Caroline. Like, all right. <laughs> okay, so a- after this, after this, the, the scene where uh, he, the home invasion scene. When I when are we putting the home invasion scene? Is that I I think that should be the same day as like the end of his shift kind of thing. Okay. So oh wow, they really sh- go for him. Yeah, because, well, I mean, they, they need this demon body. You know, they need the demon soul. They realize that it's not in the stone. Uh, it can yeah. be way dangerous and whatever if it's in the wrong hands or the right hands. Who knows? Um, so I would say that, um, yeah, like the, the church gets the stone and they try to use it maybe right away. Like, why not? They, they try to use it right away because the partner takes it from yeah. the evidence room. And then after it fails, it doesn't take much for the partner because he's a cop to be like, the only other person who touched it was Craig. And then, Craig. Brother, Jeremiah, and then Brother Jeremiah is like, well, in order to in order to complete our plans, like we all may, need to make sacrifices. I know he's your friend and your partner. And, and at this moment in the story, uh, the partner is like, yeah, I guess because the partner's gonna have his um um what is it when you get turned to justice? Uh redemption. He has his own redemption equals death moment. Yeah. But at this moment, his partner's like, I'm not going to say no. If you if you need if we need to bring Craig in, then we will bring Craig in. And then we can have we need to think uh, the timeline works out then too, because mm-hmm. if it's during the day that the church is trying to get the demon out, yeah. then we can have Craig have uneasy sleep. Like I'm thinking of uh Raimi's the first Raimi Spider-Man where he, his spider powers come on and he's like having the fever dreams. We have that moment where his shadow flickers without yeah, any okay. light around. And we yeah. have a weird whispering voice and we do the, we do the demon thing, you know, some possession stuff, something falls off a counter, even though there's no nothing around. So may- maybe he, do you think that from a viewer point of view that he walks into the house and uh maybe he wakes up the next day in sweats in like the 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 sweat <laughs> and they're like I didn't put and- these sweats on I went to sleep in athletic shorts <laughs> this demon is all messing with my <laughs> where I get this full body cat onesie um where did I get all this torn leather well I was thinking of him so I, I kind of like the idea of like him maybe losing time, like not even real. Like the last thing that we see is the home invasion, right? And maybe something pretty bad goes on at the beginning of the home invasion, and then we have like a time jump to him just waking up the next morning, like sweaty and gross. Uh, and you know he's like, "What happened last night?" 
And uh, what, what do you think about that? And then like, maybe he calls Shania and she's like, I don't know. You went into the house and uh, uh, nothing else happened. I don't I don't know. You never came out. So I went home. I think that's good for, Oh, you mean before the home invasion? No, like during. <laughs> oh, I think I think to lead up to the home invasion. What I was thinking is like, we get Craig doing the transitional stuff. He oh. wakes up, he's feeling kind. He's like, I, I had some really weird sleep. And she goes, yeah, you were kind of talking. Do you need to blow off some steam? And he's like, let's go out. Let's go somewhere. Like, we're both off tonight. You don't have to do the radio thing. Let's go out. They go out. We don't see, you know, we have a moment where they, we see them as a couple. They, we see them at dinner. Yeah. They go to a diner because they're fans of Greasy Spoons. Whatever. It's Chicago. Um, yeah. hmm? That's not for you. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> that's not for you. But, um, so yeah, we, okay. Uh, so I like that. And then, then yeah. that day. And then is, on it, their way home, yeah. when they get home, that's when the thugs from the church have broken into the house. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Uh, now, how do you want to end that scene? Like, how do you want to end whatever happens inside the house, which lets the main character know he has a ton of power uh, and no real way of using it? What do you think is is the wrap up of that? Because Shania is outside. Yes. I think he okay. runs off and Shania doesn't know where he is. I think she thinks maybe he got caught or okay. something. But Demon Craig, like, he's about, he, he has a guy by the shirt, by the throat of the shirt, and he's about to punch him so hard to kill him and then he sees himself in the mirror or something and he's all you know red cracks around his eyes like canelius what's the guy from dr strange number one caecilius caecilius you know we get the weird eye effect we get maybe like we see his big shadow cast on the wall behind him and it's got big horns coming out the top or we see some some subtle or demon stuff and he freaks out and leaves Cool. And then Shania is left not knowing where her partner is. And then he like is it. like demoned out in like a warehouse. Yeah, I like that. Cool. All right. Um, start of Act 2. Okay, so that, now... That's, that's effectively the start of Act 2. That's the pinch. That's the area where the plot comes in and really, yeah. really kicks into gear. And then that that's when you also get that breath where it's like... Whoa. Yeah. That was crazy. What's about to happen? Okay, now, in most writing styles, the act two, what are you trying to get caught up in act two? Like, What's the point of act two? So act two is the meat of the story, really. It's where, um, it's where, it's after the main character has accepted the call and it is where kind of like the main character has their midpoint death and return where they get to their lowest point and then come back. They have their own revelation about their place in the story in the world. And we have another kind of like pinch where things come to a head and another change is enacted on the story. All right. Now I would assume that we need to, the next pinch is either going to be the, the soul coming out of the main character or the opposing team getting a different demonic soul and fighting Craig. My is thought Craig, is Craig the main character. Yeah. Okay. Subject to change. My, my thoughts for that kind of like climax of the second act was the exorcism attempt. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, members from the cult show up at the church. So we have this kind of like two and a half way fight where Craig is being exercised it doesn't, it isn't going well. 
and he's almost being brought back to human. And then the cultists show up and start shooting or stabbing or whatever. And then the demon takes control and things go badly. And that's when Chet, Chet Caroline gets crushed by the, by the, um, crucifix and like that sort of thing. Now, how, how do you want to get out of act two? Uh, like, does the main character not have possession? Does main character, uh, slightly bad is, um, because so one of the ideas that I just quickly had was I like the idea of the exorcism. I like the idea of most of that. I had a quick thought of what if maybe the exorcism's kind of going wrong and say the demon possesses four to five people Ooh. at once, but all the bodies move the same. <laughs> I, I really like the... Uh... I really like the image of that. Yeah, so I th I think that's cool. I'm not sure if I've ever seen it before, and I like the idea of that. Um, and because I kind of had this weird idea of like how to make them fight each other, uh, yeah, but using the exact same movements. Oh, uh, sure. You know what I mean? Like I know that if I throw a right punch, all five of us are going to throw a right punch. How do I do it the right way? You know, and using like surroundings, or whatever. Uh, I kind of had that quick idea. Um, and then I also had the idea of, say, a good and a bad exorcism going on. So there's, like, the exorcism uh, to try to save uh, Craig, right? And yeah. then, like, the, the cultists bring their own exorcism. So there's kind of dueling exorcisms going on, which oh, is sure. kind of messing up the soul. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So what do you think of those ideas? I like it. I like that a lot, actually. With the with yeah, the the cultists show up, and you think they're gonna have guns and stuff. One of them has a sensor, like a like a incense on a chain. One of them has like a vial, of, like a big jug, like a gallon jug of holy water. Yeah. The other one has like silver spikes or something. Yeah. Um, and, and, and they all look like weapons. Like they have like yes. water pistols with holy water and like grenades <laughs> that are actually just like water bombs. Uh, and, like, oh, it's you know, so and, stupid. I love it. I love it. And garlic water. Um, but, yeah, they're like um, they're the very the clearly best. ready. Um, and I thought they, they've been ready for this, this holy war, uh, for at least eight years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then to get into act two, we have that moment. Uh, I'm, I'm comparing this really heavily to Spider-Man three. And I think, I think that's just because we're kind of following a lot of the same beats. Which the end of act 3? two. Oh, uh, Sam Raimi's. Okay. Where, um, he is in the bell tower trying to get the symbiote off. But he's he is trying to cast the demon out of his own body, and the demon is like, "I'll leave, and then I'll leave you with these." And all of his wounds open up, and then he realizes he can't abandon the demon yet, or he'll die. Oh, okay. Or that's yeah. partway through the second act. Somewhere in there, he tries to get the demon out of him himself, where he's like, "I reject your offer." Ah, uh, blah 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 blah. He has this like come to, kind of come to Jesus moment, and the demon's mm -hmm. like, "Nope, nah, not today, Jesus." Um. Yeah. So I I, I I like that. I like the demon coming out of Craig and then he'd be like, look, get out of me. You're not allowed to be here. And then the demon's like, fine. But remember that stabbing that did not happen yesterday? Remember this and this and all those wounds show up on Craig's body immediately. And then Craig has to kind of get the demon to go back inside of him until he yeah. figures that out. Um, now, you said uh, that's the end of Act 2 or that's like what's going on during Act 2? I think that happens closer to the end after Caroline dies because that is not necessarily directly Craig's actions that caused it, but it is due to this line of events. So okay. after that, at the end of Act Two, 
when the hero's at his lowest, Craig tries to cast the demon out and it doesn't quite work. And then now, now he it, realizes it, the cult has kidnapped Shania or something or yeah. Michael. Michael. <laughs> the EMT. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The angel. The, <laughs> the Jew for Jesus. Uh, <laughs> a Christian angel. Um, okay, cool. I like all of that. Um, I was, I was working out in my brain, like the, how Carolyn's death is going to uh, really affect uh, Craig. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I was thinking with the possession thing, obviously uh, they could possess Craig to do uh, harm to her, which would make him feel bad because he'd know that he did it, even though it wasn't really his movements doing it. Um, but I also like the idea of like that uh, crucifix falling on, um so what if it's like okay so i still have this idea of craig having to fight this demon to get him back into him uh so what about during that fight where craig is physically fighting this (laughs) this uh uh you know whatever form this demon's taking that is not a full form but he's fighting this thing to get back into craig's body uh before craig dies from all these injuries that he's taken over the last day so um there is a bible story um where i think it's who is it that wrestles the angel jacob wrestles the angel on the riverbank and we can have the moment where craig is like wrestling with the demon at the docks and we have this whole biblical parallel of like wrestling you know i i just think that's that's i think that elevates this a little bit more than just being schlock because we are very clearly making like a biblical subversion. Well, okay, but you you went into today's episode saying you were not doing any Christian Judeo uh, in anything. in the universe. In the universe, this demon doesn't respond to biblical prompts. Oh, okay, we're it doesn't just, mean we're... that the work can't also have biblical allegory in it. So we're just throwing parallels into it for the sake yeah. of art. All right, yeah. I'm in. You you know I'm in. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I know. Ah, uh, uh, sorry, I'm just really proud. That that is that's a that's a kind of like. That's the kind of light bulb moment that you can really enjoy when you're coming up with stuff like this that Zach and I do. Yeah, and that's why we do it. And that's why we get yeah. help with our friends on Twitch and Facebook and YouTubes and that other one that I linked to that I'm not mm-hmm. exactly sure what it does, but I think it's something. Oh, um, whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, so because of this, this wrestling scene, that's what causes either the crucifix to fall and kill Carolyn or just in the in the aftermath, they see that she is... Uh, the wrestling scene, I think, is Craig's. It's after he runs off, okay, and and it's when he's trying to cast the demon out, and the demon's like, "Then I'll leave," and he's like, "Wait, no, you can't leave because a, I'll die, and b, it sounds like you're gonna go cause trouble without my body being your prison, so get back in here." And then they wrestle, and that's his moment of self-actualization, like in the story, mm-hmm. where he like becomes more of a master of what's going on around him. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's where he takes yeah. control of what's happening. And then he gets some sort of notice that the cult has kidnapped all of your friends and they they want you to come and get the demon out so they can have it. Yeah. And then we go into act three where he is now the one in charge. He is going to face down the bad guys and we're going to lead into the whole all the character kind of rec- uh, uh, catharsis stuff. Yeah. Does Craig also think that they kidnapped Carolyn or kidnapped uh, uh, Shania? I think that's, yeah, I think his partner or 
his mentor because we had the two of them in a, in the cult together. Yeah. One of them was like, "Go for his girlfriend. We know where she is and where she works. We're also yeah. cops. We can do whatever we want." Yeah, I'm cool with that. I I, I almost, lo- I mean, in like a morbid uh, creator kind of way, but mm-hmm. I kind of like the idea of her dying in that scuffle when main character goes back. You're like, no, no, the cultist they kidnapped all of your friends so he's going to try to get you know his love back uh mm-hmm. and it turns out that she has been dead and they're like where's shania and we we didn't even kidnap her what do you no we potentially. got potentially yeah I don't, we I, should I we that... should be careful about just wantonly killing off the main character's female love interest you're the one who said she died i didn't say shania died oh wait who oh carolyn Carol, who... caroline dies because oh, caroline okay. is a sacrificial lamb, biblical allegory. Boom. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Um, d- wait, how, how does Craig feel about Caroline? Uh, she is Shania's best friend right, from cool. childhood, and he's so, very bummed that she died because he was around. All right, cool. I'm underselling so, it a little bit, but yeah. yeah. It's kind so of- if we could turn my story into uh, uh, Carolyn's events, where maybe Craig sure. doesn't know that she died, the audience knows she died, and then when he gets back, he's like, I'm here for caroline and they're like wait which one are, and they like look over and like which one are you is carolyn oh carolyn are you, died. Sh- are you carolyn no i'm shania carolyn died oh, <laughs> carolyn was the one that died under the crucifix oh shit oh, yeah carolyn's damn. dead i'm sorry <laughs> well who you got in there then <laughs> uh what's your name shania uh shania oh shit she says she's your girlfriend girlfriend uh, actually i kind of like that scene a lot yeah yeah uh all cool. right so now all right now what we're going to do in next episode uh next tuesday we're going to try to compile all of the uh, uh what we think is going to be act three uh mm-hmm. now dylan what do you what act three we're gonna sum it up right we're not doing yeah. cliffhangery stuff no. we're not we're not assuming there's a sequel to this. Um, no. So what do you think is is the best thing for the story to get to at the end? I think Craig succeeds with the help of his friends, even though he is responsible for trouble. I think forgiveness and friendship are kind of important themes for this. I think the cult is kind of like depowered, but they don't get the leader. And I think Craig's partner dies in an act of self-redemption. Okay. I'm cool with all of that. Um, now, how does how do you think Craig's going to lose this demon? Uh, I, I think I think Shania plays the song backwards and he gets exercised. Oh, okay. Uh, they have the tablet nearby. Yeah, I, li- and, I like the idea way better and than the stupid thing I just thought up. And it's after it's after they he frees Michael and everybody from the cult, so Michael's right there, ready to give him medical care because he's like. When the demon leaves my body, all of these stab wounds are going to open up and you're going to need to keep me alive. And he goes, I have someone on the way. Or like, he says something that hints further at his angelic yeah. nature. Yeah, and, and then Morris said, Sure. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get her as a cameo, whatever. Um, Craig passes out. We do the whole fade to black. Will he survive? Shania calls his name. He wakes up in a hospital bed. They've got the tablet back at the museum. Uh, Michael's there. He's like, I know, I know a guy, and then it pans over, and it's just some other EMT, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, this is a he's EMT of the year, four times running. Yeah, he was right there for you. Yeah, I don't, you know, 
Um, classic, and then, classic John Travolta right there. Yes. And then uh, Craig goes back to maybe Craig gets a promotion because he solved the case of the missing tablet. And uh, his work as a detective is potentially going to lead to the cult getting brought down. Yeah. Also, maybe like maybe uh, his partner has been stealing other relics. Uh, so there's been like this ongoing yeah. crime thing. And that's why the big precipice of being like, we need people at the fucking docks. We cannot lose more of this. Cri-. All right. So earlier when I was saying my dumb idea, I was thinking it's a funny thing. Uh, maybe a, a weird scene. We could just jam into it where he's like, how do I get this? Before they realize if you just play the song backwards, he's like, how do I get this demon out of me? And uh, I, I like the idea of maybe uh, him thinking that he has to get saved uh, to have like to be possessed by something else to get this possession out. And then right before uh, maybe he, uh, saved and like, well, have you tried playing the song backwards? And he's like, Can you? is like, Yeah, you know, I can just listen. Let's try playing it backwards first. Why are you wearing white robes, Craig? <laughs> While I'm about to get baptized, I think it's yeah. the only way to get out of this. Like, well, yeah, you, we can just play the song backwards. Do you really want to, after what happened to Caroline, do you really want to set foot in a church again? Well, no, <laughs> uh, yeah, let's play this back. Let's try every option before we take yeah. it back, okay. All right, cool. And then the last the last shot is the tablet on display in the museum at night. A janitor walks by and he's listening to Nightshade Table on his ear earbuds and the text on the tablet glows red. It's not a it's not a sequel bait. It's just yeah, there's just that, still something out there. Yeah, the <laughs> sequel bait and leaving things open to be like retold or retread I think is way different. Uh, okay. when you watch the end of say Lord of the Rings, uh Fellowship of the Ring, you know for a fact there has to be a second one. They didn't make that a composed story. Yeah. Now, if you if you finalize a story, but also leave the hint of like, hmm, maybe this universe is not just closed. I think that's solid 80s uh, schlock. I think that's really cool uh, kind of pseudo sci-fi work. And I, I think it's, I think it's, I don't think yeah. it's lazy storytelling. I think it's cool no, storytelling. I don't, I don't think it's lazy at all. Are you kidding? Yeah. All right, cool. So next episode, next Tuesday, we're going to go through... Wait, what's next Tuesday? What? What it's is like the 4th? 6th? It's the 5th? Okay, cool. Fourth. I, was, I was making sure it wasn't some oh. random holiday that you were going to throw at me and be like, well, you know that it's Arbor Day and I don't do things unless I'm in a tree. Um, <laughs> you said that one year. Uh, okay, anyway. Next Tuesday, we're going to... F- it's National Keep- Spaghetti Day. <laughs> Great. Now I got to hear about this all week. Uh, okay. <laughs> we're gonna finish up Act Three of Deadbeat, uh, and we're gonna we're, we got to flesh out Act Two. There's a, there's a oh, yeah, right. there's a lot of stuff in Act Two we still got to do, but we'll yeah. we'll get we'll get the overarching stuff. We'll go in and do specifics. Yeah, we'll flesh out Act Two. Uh, we will uh, exercise. Why is that highlighted? Did you spell it wrong? Uh, we what? will exercise uh, <laughs> Act Three. Oh. And, and make sure that that has. Uh, it wants uh, me to uh, spell it like aerobic exercise, and that's oh. not correct. It's like when me and you got in that fight over if there's a, a second A in archaeology. Uh, <laughs> it's either way. It is either way, except one way Google tells you you're wrong, uh, which is upsetting. Anyway, thank you very much for paying attention to us. We like having any and all attention, clearly. Uh, thank you to everybody that hung out in the chats. Thank you for all the cool suggestions. Uh, we really appreciate it. If you like where uh, Deadbeat's going, let us know. Uh, send Dylan a text message. Tell him what is a better name than Craig and Carolyn. Uh, if you, th- <laughs> uh, yeah. So tune in next week, see how we're going to kind of figure out how act three is going to 
work, I guess. I don't know. But also, thank you very much to Scott Curtis for helping us come up with this idea to begin with. Uh, if you want to see how that story happened, uh, the link to that. Jack, put that take that down. Oh, you got that classic 555 number. Ran out of Denver. Yeah, I got grandfathered uh, in. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, classic Hollywood. Uh, okay, yeah. So uh, the sh the link to that episode is going to be in the show notes below. So if you want to see uh, Scott Curtis try to baffle us with a weird idea, uh, check that out. If you want to see how we tune this up, uh, tune in next week, and we'll figure that out. Uh, if you want to hear mine and Dylan and possibly Michael Colby's review of the the hit movie, New Year's Eve, Tune in this New Year's Eve to watch the real boys talk about it. It's my birthday, and it's all I've asked I you know, for ever. You're right. I know, and I'm doing it. Yeah, and uh, so after this New Year's Eve for the real boys, we have like two more episodes. Uh, and then who knows what's going to happen for that in the future? We're going to kind of fold it into our no time to binge. But you can oh, check yeah. out anything that we do if you just open up any kind of search thing and type in some nobodies. Uh, you might see uh, this, which is my weird show where I was trying to interview myself through people's mouths. Or this thing where we interview uh, each other about how much we like uh, uh, Lovecraft Country. Or yeah. this thing, which you're watching currently. Uh, or this thing where we review seven different uh, podcasts at a time, most of which are real terrible. Uh, or this thing uh, right down here, which oh, is a very, very cool thing that Dylan wrote. 17 episodes. Uh, you can choose your own pod venture in that one. Uh, we kind of come up with the idea of a scientist that creates uh, tech that tells you what you want. Uh, but the problem is that you don't know how to process what the answer is. If it says you need uh, companionship, does that mean you need to eat that human or just maybe ask them a question or two? Who knows? Uh, but you can do your own adventure. If you go check out Create Your Own Pod Venture, CYOP Appeal, which is season one of that. We are working on season two. Uh, oh, yeah. it's, pr it's pretty cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, Silicon Angels over there, uh, talking upstream. We do some weird stuff. Either way and always, thank you very much. We love attention. We like ears. We like eyes. Not yeah. a big fan of noses yeah. so much. Yeah. yeah. Depends on the fine. nose. But until next week, folks. Uh, Dylan, you got anything? You got anything you no. want to say? I, this week, this is that the last week of the year between Christmas and New Year's. Mm -hmm. Nothing matters. Nobody knows what day it is. Mm -hmm. Everybody's always hungover. It's all bleak Nobody week, cares. Bro. Bleak week, buddy. The, the fugue feast. Fugue feast is upon us. Okay. Yes. So until Hail next Satan. time. Oh, wait. <laughs> no. Or, or do, no? I don't care. Uh, yeah. Whatever you want. I don't care. Hell, whatever you well. Don't, whatever. I have been Zach. <laughs> He's been Dylan. You've been great. Have a great day, everybody. Bye. Bye. Take it easy. Bye. Where's this? Thank <laughs> you.